Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to follow me across the internet. We have breaking news to begin the program today that we've got to get to. Before we get to anything I actually wanted to get to, the President of the United States of America is sending 1,500 soldiers, active duty soldiers, to the U.S.-Mexico border uh, immediately in preparation for the wind-down of Title 42, which is uh, done, uh, he really didn't have much of a choice. With the expiration of COVID emergency orders, the President is having to send folks to the border. There are uh, already at the border 2,500 National Guard members stationed along the nine sectors that they've divided the southern border. So in addition to the National Guard uh, soldiers, they will send 1,500 active duty Army personnel uh, to the border for 90 days to assist Customs and Border Protection. Now, I'm not sure these people won't stay. They say it's for 90 days. Uh, he has signed, the president has an executive order to uh, authorize, uh, to order the ready reserve of the armed forces to active duty to address international drug trafficking. And now the White House is saying that these 1,500 extra soldiers will fill capability gaps such as ground-based detection and monitoring, data entry and warehouse support until Customs and Border Patrol can replace them with contractors. That's the key here. Uh, Customs and Border Patrol wants to put contractors at the border and not use the military at the border. But all of this is because of the end of Title 42, which will come on May 11th. Title 42 was the emergency health care powers used to restrict uh, people at the border, detain them in Mexico, keep them there. It has not been as enforced by Joe Biden, but has been used to some degree by Joe Biden. And now with it going away, they will allow everyone to flood the border without waiting in Mexico. We have a massive crisis at the border. Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, has been lying to people in the last week, saying that actually there's been a 90% drop. That's not true. To the extent there's been a reduction, it's because of cyclical patterns of migrant crossings, not anything the administration has done, and it is still a massive increase from during the Trump administration. Over the weekend, Chuck Todd asked Secretary Mayorkas about the definition of a secure border. This was the exchange. What's uh, the definition of secure border to you? It is in the context uh, in which we are working. It is maximizing the resources that we have available to us to deliver the most effective results. And something that is overlooked that I speak about frequently mm -hmm. is the fact that our apprehension rates yeah. at our southern border are consistent with the apprehension rates in the prior administration. Mm -hmm. And why is that? It is because of the extraordinary and extraordinarily heroic work of our United States Border Patrol. Well, but, but the challenge yeah. is enormous. Um, yes, the challenge is enormous. And notice he didn't really define what a secure border looks like. He did not answer the question. He cannot answer the question 
because were he to answer the question honestly, what you and I think of as a secure border is people are not crossing in mass. Maybe occasionally a couple get through, but uh, the thousands and thousands and thousands that are getting through on a daily basis, he cannot honestly with a straight face say the border is secure, but he is required by the administration to say the border is secure. Now, you should know behind the scenes it is being increasingly reported that uh, Secretary Mayorkas has lost the confidence of the Border Patrol agents themselves. They do no longer like working for him or the administration. They do not think they're doing an effective job, and they are putting their lives on the line to secure a border the Biden administration has no interest in actually securing. 1,500 active-duty soldiers, when there are already about 2,500 there, bringing the total to 4,000, That's definitely a good increase, but it's not like what we did with the surge in Iraq. It's not a surge necessary to secure the border. We still have a massive wave of fentanyl coming across. We still have a massive wave of human trafficking victims coming across. We still have a massive wave of illegal aliens coming into this country. Just consider Susan Rice has now been booted from the administration. She's stepping back. They don't want to say she was booted, but Susan Rice, one of her Uh, points of influence in the administration was the border and immigration. It turns out that for a year, Susan Rice has been being told by Border Patrol agents and those within Secretary of Homeland Security's office that illegal immigrant children were coming into this country and being placed in jobs with relatives, and they violated child labor laws. Many of the children coming across the border illegally were being put into jobs that uh, American children cannot do because of child labor laws. Dangerous facilities, meat packing plants and the like, where these illegal alien children were working against labor laws, working hours in excess of what labor laws allow children to work. And Susan uh, Rice knew this was going on. She knew it was happening. She, in fact, she was told she told others she did not want to see the information anymore. She did not want to see it. She did not want to be made aware of it. This all came out, and of all places, the New York Times. Her and her team chose to play the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil approach. When the New York Times is reporting it, you know it's gotten out of control because it made her in particular look bad. And it was not a coincidence. I don't think that within a week of that report coming out, she chose to announce she was leaving the administration. The border is an absolute disaster. Everybody knows it's a disaster. Democratic politicians in South Texas are siding with the Republicans on the issue. It is a dogmatic article of orthodoxy within the Democratic Party that they should not secure the border. They just want to play word games. They want to gaslight. They want to tell us the border is secure. And it's flat out not true. It simply is not true. The border of the United States with Mexico is not secure, no matter how Mayorkas chooses to define it, because he chooses not to define it because he knows it's not secure. Sending 1,500 active-duty soldiers to the border for 90 days is not going to solve the problem. In fact, it is an admission against interest by this administration that when Title 42 goes away, there's going to be a greater surge of illegal aliens. Remember, the summer months when it gets hot, we see a lot of people flee north. We see a lot of people coming over the border. The river runs low during the summer. It's easier for them to cross. 
and they have no plan to deal with it. You know, we say all the time on the show, we, I, the royal we, I guess, I say on my show all the time, events change things. Events change things. Now, this is not uh, my saying. Comes from uh, one of Queen Elizabeth's prime ministers who swept into power, was asked by a young man um, what could change things uh, for his uh, prime ministership and, and the... I forget which one it is. Uh, it's often cited to Neville Chamberlain and went in him. It was later. Um, he says, events, dear boy, events. Events change things. The border is one of those sorts of events that can change things for Joe Biden. You compound that with a recession in this country, which is coming. We'll get into that later. There's more news on that. An overflow of the border, the fentanyl crisis and the like. The media doesn't even have to pay that much attention to it. And word leaks out. You know, it's an interesting contrast, actually, with, with DeSantis. And the DeSantis campaign really believes that uh, the mainstream media, the national press corps, cannot keep the public from paying attention to stories now. The mainstream national press corps is no longer the gatekeeper of information and knowledge about what goes on in the country. Things can happen, and people are aware of those things without it getting major coverage. Take, for example, the Bud Light situation. It was uh, not an immediate story for the mainstream media, but it circulated on social media. It circulated on uh, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and Twitter. It circulated among conservative newscasts. It circulated among people on talk radio and word spread. In fact, there's a report out today that uh, Anheuser-Busch has decided to start holding emergency internal meetings on what to do. The crisis has gotten so bad. Uh, the the week-over-week week, uh, decline of Bud Light drinkership is like 26 to 30 percent. Roughly a third of people have stopped drinking Bud Light. And the further south you go in the country, which is where the most cons- consumption was, the worse the number is. In some places, it's 50, 60 percent. Some bars are reporting that they haven't been able to sell a single pour of Bud Light. It's an all-hands-on-deck crisis for that company right now. Their damage control has been terrible. The non-apology apology of the CEO was poorly received. Putting the two marketing people on leave without fire them, firing them was poorly received, and they think the controversy will blow over. The problem for them, however, is that increases in Miller Lite drinkership has gone up 14%, and increase in Coors Light drinkership has gone up 14%, both of them owned by the same separate company. So when you have a 28% increase in drinkers of your competitors, a 28 to 30% decline in your own, those people who are drinking the other beers may discover they like them better. And they might not come home to you. It's a problem. And again, this was something the media did not aggressively cover. The media did not champion it. The media largely ignored it. And still, word was able to circulate. The same holds true with this border situation. In the border situation, the major mainstream media outlets are not reporting the major crises. Uh, It has been very, very uh, poorly covered on CNN or on MSNBC. They have not devoted the same attention to it that Fox News and Bill Malugan have covered the border situation. And yet, people, regardless of their political affiliation, regardless of their ideology, are more and more realizing this is a situation. And they realize it because their friends and family are talking about it on social media. Their relatives are posting the clips of Bill Malugan at the border from Fox News. You may not see it in your media outlet, but it's getting covered. 
and the crisis continues to grow. Events change things. And that this administration has decided within the last 40 minutes they need a border surge of 1,500 active duty soldiers, 1,500 active duty soldiers headed to the border to join the already 2,500 there for a total of 4,000 across the entirety of the U.S. border in the nine sectors to supplement ground surveillance of illegal immigration. They're not going to do law enforcement. They're not going to arrest. They're not going to detain. They're going to tell law enforcement where to go to stop the people. That this administration admits it needs to do a surge as Title 42 ends is an admission against interest. It does not have a secure border, no matter what it says. And that begins to change things over time as the numbers do not go down and more people pay attention. It will be these sorts of events that undo this administration in the eyes of the public. Couple this with a recession, you got bad times coming Joe Biden's way. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference, and I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Brand sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Brand sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, the phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Let me give you a great example of media bias. So often that bias is in the stories the mainstream media outlets choose not to cover. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is apparently living at the White House, his life funded by prominent Democrats, and with very high-priced, expensive lawyers in Arkansas, uh, tries to claim he's a, a poor guy without a lot of money and therefore can't pay a lot of child support. Now, I want you to keep in mind that the justices of the Supreme Court, the conservative justices, have been the victims of a series of hit jobs by major media outlets that got basic facts wrong. Members of the media will say, well, Hunter Biden's a private citizen. Hunter Biden showed in his laptop records, which we now know are authentic, uh, that he was sending money to his dad, that he was trading on his father's name and reputation for business, that he was working collaboratively with other uh, Democrats. Hunter Biden used his father's positions and name in order to get ahead in life. And he is now dwelling, as best we can tell from press reports, inside the White House. You would think that those media outlets that have devoted uh, even a little bit of time to Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, and John Roberts' wife, 
And now the Politico doing a hit job on Leonard Lee on the Federalist Society where they got all sorts of stuff wrong and extrapolated things that are not in contention. You would think that they would be concerned with Hunter Biden, that uh, they would want to know how does he have the money for these lawyers to go to Arkansas to claim he has no money at all. The poor, pitiful Hunter Biden routine. It is striking to me how many members of the press refuse to engage on the issue, suggesting in some way that Hunter Biden is a private citizen. He did not choose for his father to be president. Uh, And these same media outlets doing stories on Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, the Trump Organization, uh, you name it. A double standard, if ever there was one. This is a prime example of media bias. Hunter Biden is a contemptible person, as best I can tell. And his father, Joe, incentivizing his son's behavior in some way to abscond from his responsibilities to his child in Arkansas, who the Biden family refuses to recognize as one of their grandchildren or children through Hunter Biden. It's it's shameful. Joe Biden lectures us on cultures of life and, and how to treat children. There is a child in Arkansas whose father is a deadbeat who wants nothing to do with the child and, and claims to have no money to pay child support. And Joe Biden won't step forward for his own grandchild. Look, in a normal world, we would not be dragging these sorts of situations out. You've got to feel sorry for the little kid in in. Arkansas, but uh, it's worth noting that the media has chosen to ignore this, and you and I know very well they wouldn't if Hunter Biden had an R next to his name instead of a D. Now, I got to tell you about Vision Computers, y'all. If you want to build a custom PC, instead of going to the big box store and just buying what's there as opposed to what you need and want, you can call Vision Computers at 404 Computer anywhere nationwide. They're going to build you the custom PC that you actually want. And they're going to do it reasonably priced, and they're going to service it. And not only that, they're going to give you world-class tech support. They actually pick up the phone within 15 seconds. That's their average hold time. Just read the Google reviews about how awesome their customer service is. You can go to visioncomputers.com, or you can call them 404-COMPUTE. If you want their world-class tech support for your computer that you bought elsewhere, you can pay them a low annual fee, and they will give you that support. In many cases, they can remote into your computer to set up your email for you. They can help you with your computers, with your printer. The whole of your technological existence, Vision Computers can help you with. If you've got a business and you need custom PCs at a reasonable price, let Vision Computers help you. 404 Compute, hands down, best customer service in the industry. 404 Compute. Greetings, conversationalists. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877 877- 973-7425. If you want on, let's go to the phones. Harper, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hi, Eric. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm calling because I stay in Marietta, um, and I have actually seen buses pull up with suitcases and illegal immigrants. I've seen it. I've taken pictures, I've gotten license plates, I've videoed it. And just to be sure, I saw like two of the workers maybe a month later working somewhere could not even say hello in English. So how could they fill out an application? How could they work for the people they're working for when 
the people that work for main right. language is English, and they actually have someone there to translate. So I've seen this. I videoed this. I even went back to a video and saw that it was some of the same people who just got off the bus. And I'm like, who do I report this to that's not going to give this place a heads up? Because I've seen it twice. Right. And like I said, I have license place numbers and everything because the so, people who drop them off, they get out of there so fast. They give them a hug and they leave. Uh, yeah, uh, I will tell you, it, it probably won't do you any good. Um, I, I wouldn't discourage you from reporting it, but in many cases, uh, these are nonprofits that were are working with the Department of Homeland Security to transport migrants away from Texas to other states to offload them into other states, and they they drop them off in Georgia um, and give them information with which they can contact local members of the the Hispanic community, uh, and it, they they house them here. Essentially, they're allowed to leave the border um, without monitoring by the Department of Homeland Security, and the Department of Homeland Security allows nonprofits to send them around the country, and they they spread through the country. They're they're spreading into Georgia. It is it, it's a shame for them and for us that it's happening. I I, I don't dislike these people. That there are many of them fleeing. Uh, awful circumstances back home, but they're coming here illegally. And essentially Correct. the Department of Justice is, or the Department of Homeland Security is signaling that it's okay, uh, welcome, and and they shouldn't be doing that. So you can report it. The problem here is that uh, what's going to happen? Probably nothing is what's going to happen. Uh, immigration isn't going to do anything. Local law enforcement cannot do very much other than report them to immigration, who isn't going to come round them up. Uh, now, what can happen is uh, local governments uh, look for e-verify violations from local businesses. They are not manned significantly enough to be able to do much of it. It's kind of a hopeless circle for everyone. Uh, there's just it, it's it's this is why so many people are frustrated about the situation. Yeah, it is very frustrating because if I say I live in East Cobb, if you want to be that part of Marietta, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's very noticeable. And it's, 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 it, I don't want anything to happen that happened in Texas. You know, somebody who's been deported because maybe they got caught or somebody who's been deported because they're trying to avoid something and something happens to anyone in my neighborhood, anybody else's neighborhood, you know, because someone is a criminal. Like I said, some of these people are very, very nice and they just want a better opportunity, but let's go about it correct way. And yes. I just, and, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden we're a swing state and, you know, we have a Republican governor, but we turned blue for the presidential. I mean, it happened how it happened, but you have to know that if they do get them the, you know, the credentials, they're probably going to vote Democrat. Yeah, oh, they, they would definitely vote Democrat if they became citizens. Now, it's a little more complicated because they would have to apply for citizenship uh, in order to do that. They they could attempt some sort of forgery, but the uh, Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, cracks down pretty hard on that one. Uh, Harper, thank you for the phone call. I, I, I hear the, the frustration in your voice. It is a frustrating situation in large part because uh, the Biden administration has enabled and incentivized this. Yeah, I, remember when Joe Biden got elected— I think it was ABC News. I've got the audio somewhere. I need to go find it. Uh, the, the The Biden administration 
claimed they weren't telling people to come. And it was like ABC News or, or one of those those news organizations interviewed several illegal aliens. And they said, oh, we thought Joe Biden said to come, that, that the last guy wasn't here anymore. We could come. And that's why we're coming. And once that happened, suddenly, you know, the, the coverage of the border went, it uh, didn't talk about it anymore. When you have the illegal alien saying, we thought Joe Biden invited us to come, so we came. We're like, ah, our bad. We didn't mean to let y'all hear that. And they stopped covering the situation. It's a real problem out there. Very, very bad problem. Now, uh, we got to move on to other stuff because there's another problem. We got the great debt ceiling fight coming, and uh, this one could potentially be a really big fight. Joe Biden calling Republicans hostage takers, which is what Barack Obama did as well before he caved. Speaker of the House, the default on the national debt is off the table. For over 200 years, America has never, ever, ever failed to pay its debt. To put in the capital and colloquial terms, America is not a deadbeat nation. We have never, ever failed to meet the debt. Now, as a result, one of the most respected nations of the world, we pay our bills, and we should do so without reckless hostage-taking from some of the mega-Republicans in Congress. There's the, the mega-Republicans in Congress. The Republicans voted to raise the debt ceiling. This is the difficult bottom line for Democrats. Republicans have voted to raise the debt ceiling. Democrats didn't think they could. Democrats consequently plotted no plan to deal with Republicans raising the debt ceiling. Now Republicans have not only raised the debt ceiling, they've tied it to cutting spending. Senate Republicans have said they go along with the House Republicans' plan. And Democrats are still left bellyaching that they are refusing to do anything other than raise the debt ceiling with no spending cuts, that's not in the cards. And this is something the Democrats are going to have to come to terms with. They underestimated Republican resolve. The Democrats have played a very bad game the whole way through. Well, let's just look at, look at the Democratic strategy the whole time. They were very public with their strategy. They concluded the House Republicans were too chaotic to get anything done. They concluded House Republicans were too divided to get anything done. They concluded that there was a moderate wing of the Republican Party that would go along with a debt ceiling increase that did not involve cuts and that those people would side with the Democrats and give the Democrats what they wanted, a clean debt ceiling increase. That means a debt ceiling increase not tied to anything else. None of those things happened. None of those things happened. The Republican Party across the board from left, right, and center united on the issue of fiscal discipline and cutting spending. Democrats can bellyache all they want and say Republicans were willing to do this when Trump was president, but Trump is not president. Joe Biden is president. Republicans control the House of Representatives, and their starting position is there must be cuts Joe Biden, present your cuts. Republicans have given you the cuts they want, which include cutting off the 87,000 new IRS agents. Democrats didn't think they could pull this off. Joe Biden can demand all he wants. He can say all he wants. He can insist all he wants that there must be a clean debt ceiling increase. It's not going to happen. 
Here's one of the, the economic advisors for the president on CNBC this morning. Heather, there have been cases in the past when Biden was a senator that spending reduction reforms were enacted by Congress that were bipartisan. They were attached to legislation that raised the debt ceiling. And Senator Biden voted for that four times himself. Well, certainly. And, you know, Speaker McCarthy voted three times in, under the prior administration for a clean debt limit. You know, where this economy is right now and given you know, where Congress is, uh, the president continues to believe that that is the right course of action. It is what he has called for. As he has said repeatedly, the U.S. should not become a deadbeat nation. So if they don't agree to that, then your answer is we'll go into default? I am certainly not saying that we will go into default. Um, I'm saying, you know, these negotiations, the president has called everyone here to the White House, as you noted, a week from now, and these conversations are ongoing. Ongoing conversations. Joe Biden has agreed to spinning cuts in the past. They're simply not going to get out of this without having to cut a deal. Elections have consequences, Joe Biden. Elections have consequences, Democrats. The American public put the Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives, and they will want to get something out of this. They will not give Joe Biden a win. And what the Republicans have factored in that the Democrats cannot seem to understand is the Republicans know they are going to be vilified no matter what. Republicans understand intuitively that the only way to win this is to force concessions from Joe Biden. They're going to be blamed no matter what if there's a default. They're going to be blamed no matter what if there's a a credit uh, rating decrease. They're going to be blamed for everything. They already know it. And consequently, they're prepared to take the blame. What they believe is the American people will see through it. The American people will see Republicans raise the debt ceiling, And they will see that Democrats refuse to compromise. Americans actually like it when Congress compromises. I may not because I think that that gridlock is good for us. But the American people, they think that there should be some sort of compromise. The Republicans presented a plan. Democrats told them, show us your plan. They not only showed them the plan, they passed the plan. And Democrats are like, oh, my gosh, I didn't believe they could do that. So now there's a real fight on their hands. They have miscalculated every single step of the way. And it is the Democrats' miscalculations that are going to lead to default, not Republican intransigence on cutting spending. All Democrats have to do is give Republicans some cuts. The fact that Democrats can't offer a single cut is a damning indictment on the Democrats' inability to restrain the federal government and the budget. All Democrats want to do is raise taxes. Well, that's going to be a non-starter too. So they better come up with something. Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, says they have until June 1st to come up with a plan or else Social Security recipients cannot be paid. Notice the Biden administration wants to hold hostage the old people first. When Joe Biden says the Republicans are reckless hostage takers, it's the Democrats who are taking hostage senior citizens and telling Republicans, we dare you to shoot them. Republicans know they're going to get blamed anyway. They might as well shoot the hostages. I mean, the reality is Republicans are going to be made to be the villain by the media because the media hates the Republicans. They've already calculated this. They already know this. They already understand what's going to happen. So the Republicans have no incentive 
to go along with a clean debt ceiling increase. And the sooner the Democrats realize this, the sooner they can start figuring out what they're going to cut to make this happen. The only outside solution for the Democrats is to try to convince Republicans, raise the debt ceiling for three months and we'll come up with a plan. That is about it. And that's probably what they're going to try to do. And Republicans will still, again, force ultimately cuts. Democrats just can't understand how they became so convinced Republicans wouldn't be able to get anything done, and Kevin McCarthy has been able to get things done. Even I didn't think McCarthy could do it, and yet he did. That's the reality. Democrats just can't accept it. Now, I want you to accept uh, that you should be doing business with Patriot Mobile because if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you can move your cell phone service to them, and they will take a portion of the profits and spend it in the conservative movement. They will grow the conservative movement. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K or 972-PATRIOT is the phone number, 972-PATRIOT. What happens is you take them, call them, get online, and port your existing phone number to them. You just say, hey, I want you to be my cell phone carrier. They give you guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers you're probably already using. And you can take your phone number to them or get a brand new phone number from them. If you have an unlocked phone that's not carrier subsidized, you can even take that to them. So you don't even have to give up your phone. And then they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you care about, from the Second Amendment to the pro-life movement to even funding conservative parents against the wokes on school boards. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT, 100% U.S.-based customer service. They want your business. They share your values. They give you guaranteed great service, and they're good people. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Call them today. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, let's go to the phones. Arthur, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Eric, good to talk to you again. Uh, question about discretionary versus non-discretionary spending. Where does Social Security lie, and who decides what pieces of discretionary don't get paid? Oh, excellent question. Uh, essentially, nothing gets paid except debt service payments um, under the rules. The uh, although Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid are considered uh, non-discretionary spending, uh, when it actually comes to prioritizing payments of things within the federal government, uh, the U.S. Constitution requires the full faith and credit of the United States go to servicing its debts. So the result is that all the money that comes in has to go to paying bond payments uh, for the federal government before any Social Security payment is made, before any doctor is repaid for Medicare Medicaid, before anything else, uh, the debt has to be paid under the Constitution. So the Secretary of the Treasury is given discretion at times like this under the uh, Debt Ceiling Act that created the debt ceiling to prioritize where payments are made and how they're made. And what this administration so we stop has to paying. Stop paying foreign aid and all that stuff? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything, you, you, they stop paying for everything. Now, you still got to make your Social Security payment to the government, and then the money that you send the government out of your paycheck for FICA goes to pay the bond payments. And then yeah, once, I'm on the other end of that now. Okay, I, yeah. I receive Social Security. Okay, well, in, in that case, should we get to this point, uh, you may not get a Social Security payment until they have enough money after the debt is paid. 
Now, if for some reason they withhold Social Security checks, you'll get a double check later to make up for the amount that you didn't get paid that month. The odds of that happening are pretty small unless the Democrats refuse to compromise with the Republicans on this. But that's something you got to understand here, everybody. The Constitution, when the founders drafted the Constitution, when they moved beyond the Articles of Confederation, one of the concerns from France and other countries was that we would not um, that we would not make good on our debts to them. So, in the Constitution, uh, Alexander Hamilton was very uh, insistent that the drafters of the Constitution put in a full faith and credit clause, so that none of our uh, creditors had to worry when we formed this new government that we would be in default. And so the rule has been since the founding of the country that debt is paid first. So all of the bonds that are out there, uh, most of them held by Americans, not foreigners, those payments have to be met first. So if you hit the debt ceiling, every payment the government makes to everyone is paused until the debt is paid. Now, you may say, well, they owe me Social Security. Yes, but Social Security is not a debt payment. Social Security is not a payment under the terms of the constitutional meaning of the full faith and credit clause. So Social Security gets held back. Uh, reimbursements to doctors for Medicare Medicaid get held back. Uh, every payment to a contractor gets held back. They're all going to be paid. They have to be paid. But the debt service comes first. That's the big deal. Will this actually happen? Probably not. Nobody wants to see it happen. Uh, however, the Democrats are going to have to come up with things they want to cut. Republicans, uh, with very little leeway, are not going to give them carte blanche to just raise the debt without cuts. What may happen is Republicans may say, okay, we'll give you three more months to come up with what you want to cut, but you got to cut something. And tell the Democrats, we're willing to, willing to raise this, but you got to cut something. And come back in three months and tell us what you're going to cut. If Democrats simply refuse, well, the Republicans are going to refuse. And then Social Security checks stop. And that's on the Democrats because Republicans already voted to raise the debt ceiling. 